You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Hello, our Mixie listeners. Um, this is Maddie here, your co-host of the Voluntary Vixens podcast. Jesse's with me as well. Hi, Jesse. Hello. So we're coming out of the week of 9-11, and just because we are, you know, it's a somber, tragic, and definitely historical moment in uh, recent history, I wanted to take a moment to honor in silence those who are brain dead and still believe what the mainstream media is telling us. Okay. No longer with us. Nope. Gotta help them. I don't know if I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Cam, you can cut that if you want. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Anyway, let's uh, get started like normal people. Like Jesse, I'll let you start. <laughs> okay. So we're coming into the the weekend of 9-11. And we just kind of wanted to go over just not really um, trying to preach at you this time, but mostly just kind of go over, you know, how um, things like 9-11 happen and what changed afterwards. And, you know, do are we any safer with what our government has put into place since 9-11? Because never forget, it'll never happen again. Um, so obviously everything our government has done since is of course, only been put in place to make us safer, both at home and abroad, right? Oh, yeah. That's... (laughs) Big cheery fake smile here. I believe and trust my government. Yeah. And let's see, what what things have changed since 9-11, when you really think about it? I mean, it's hard. it may be harder for you, Maddie, because you were kind of young, so you don't really have a lot of remembering of, like, what it was like to travel before because I, I, I did most of my overseas travel before 9-11, believe it or not. Um, I went to England and uh, I definitely went to the Middle East before 9-11, which I can't even imagine what it's like now. But I do remember um, when I went to India in 1990, I think it was the summer of 1998 or 1999, I can't remember. But I remember the security in India trying to get back to America was ridiculous. I was like, this is crazy. I had to go behind a curtain and be felt up by some random woman who asked me all these questions about how I liked my trip to India <laughs> while she's molesting me, basically. Um, just, a ca- just a casual molestation. Yeah. Jesse, it's for your safety. So let the woman touch you in inappropriate places. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, we as Americans, we had never, I remember, like, we never experienced anything this, you know, crazy before. And then, you know, now, looking back at that time, how naive I was, because when 9-11 happened, that's exactly what traveling anywhere in the, even within the United States is like. So, (laughs) I mean, the last time I flew on a plane, um, I had to like I had to have my 
the woman like touch under my boobs and stuff like that. It was really uncomfortable. It, um, so uncomfortable. I just don't enjoy it. But um, so I try to avoid flying if I absolutely don't need to. I mean, Ron Paul does. <laughs> yeah. It's, Ron Paul, I just saw him last month. Uh, was it last month already? Yeah, August. Um, over at, near the Dulles Airport, where I've seen him three three years. I won't say three years in a row, but um, almost three out of the past four years. And he does not fly anymore. So they drove from Lake Jackson, Texas. And so, you know, if anybody listens to the Ron Paul Liberty Report, that's why they were doing a lot of stuff on the road or just, like, playing old speeches, old discussions, old interviews or whatever. But, um... I mean, I kind of wish I could be as uh, much of a stalwart as Ron Paul and not fly. Or Walter Williams. He doesn't fly, I don't think, anymore. Yeah. Um, so while that's very limiting, I mean, they don't get molested for no reason. And yeah, and I just don't think that the TSA is, uh, uh, they're not really protecting us from much, you know. Um, I know that they found... Uh, now you can't even take any liquids on the plane now. I mean, like the last, I went to Costa Rica with my, no, no, you, with my husband. Yeah, camp, no liquids. I had to throw away a bunch of stuff that I was planning on taking with me because it was like just a little bit over the amount I was allowed to have in my little Ziploc bag. Oh yeah, no, it's got to be the exact right ounce, mm-hmm. ounce, amount of ounces, and then... God forbid it's an ounce over and they catch you with it because then they're going to place that dangerous substance in the trash can right next to them and everybody else in line. Look out. Yeah. And on the way back from Costa Rica, my husband, he he bought, he likes to collect magnets. He had a magnet in his carry-on and it set off an alarm or something and they were like, oh, this is setting off the alarm. And they, they pulled out the magnet and they were like, are you sure you want to, it's like, we can keep it and you and I don't know what they were trying to I mean they were just trying to make it just so stupidly difficult and um, it's a trinket <laughs> it's like you found what made the alarm go off and realized it wasn't a bomb or a gun or some kind of weapon it's a magnet they can't say bomb can't say bomb it, you can't don't just hand it to my husband and just let's move on with our lives it was just so ridiculous yeah. the amount of like like you were saying earlier it's like the amount of people who are brain dead um, now it's like we can't think for ourselves or use our our mental faculties anymore i mean that's really the consequence or one of the consequences and end results of just so much bureaucratic overreach and all that top down all this top down orders uh people don't and can't think for themselves we are or they are pretty much programmed to do just if X happens, then this is exactly what you say. There is no nuance. There is no middle ground. Everything is binary. Everything is black and white. Like, there's no alternative options. It's one size fits all, and everybody is exactly the same no matter what. And um, can't profile. Um, and God, I hate watching them take up. Last time, one of the last times I went through, because I travel a lot for work, and I've obviously been on vacation abroad this summer traveling and just whatever. I, I get around. Um, and so I've got plenty of fun TSA times, but so these older, this older couple behind me, it's like they were clearly in poor health and at least one of them, if not both of them were diabetic. So they've got their specific, like very securely packed cooler, 
um, of everything that they need. And it's very tiny, so it would be probably perfect size. Like, where's the medical exemption? Like, one, they, they were sent through the detectors, like, forced to stand up when they're really in wheelchairs and just, like, hobbling around. How, how uh, degrading is that? These people have no shame. And, you know, I know it's, they're just doing their job. <laughs> Don't tell me that those mouth breathers can't do something else that's, like, actually bettering society and bettering the world and furthering civilization. But, you know, because it's an easy government paycheck, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't have, I don't have any sympathy for those people. Like when, um, when the government was shut down this year, don't have any sympathy for those yeah. people who were working without pay. I'm sorry, but not really. That's okay, but not really, because you know, it's called you, it's called unemployed. You know, other people in the real world have to face that, and then they, when when they don't have a job, and maybe they don't qualify for unemployment for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they've got to deal with that. There's no like check. There's no check waiting at the end of the a furlough. There's no, there is no furlough. It means you're unemployed and you're on the fast track to running out of money. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I mean, when you work for the government, the only reason why you have a job is because the government created a job. It's not because there's necessarily a need for that job. I oh mean, God, yeah. And it's, a, it's I, government dictate. I think a private security company could do a lot better job than TSA, in my honest opinion. Um, Oh, they would. And um, they wouldn't be allowed to have a 90 plus percent fail rate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing that might um, might help a little bit if you want to stop terrorism is maybe not give out public information of things that people can or cannot carry so that people can strategically bring upon weapons that pass through the detectors. I mean, you're literally giving them the clues they need. To pass through a, no, a detector. Was, since I'm such a paranoid overthinker most of the time, like, I remember being in the Boston Logan Airport, and they were posting about the procedures or the policies and the regulations and limitations to come. there, And it was about, like, you know, no longer going to ha- allow um, laptops or at, after a certain point. Or I can't remember exactly what it was. It was just something, you know, asinine. But I was thinking... You know, okay, well, so you're giving these people a deadline um, so that they can even either take uh, take advantage of this beforehand or manipulate their their explosive beforehand to a certain mm-hmm. size or certain thing that's going to pass that new regulation. Right. It's just like, not that I think that there really are that many people just walking around, walking into airports, getting ready to destroy the world. Like, the times there are these very few and far between what you would actually call terrorist attacks it's it's not happening every day and i think that thank god yeah thank god <laughs> and i think that if you that um honestly and this this is going to sound bad but if you don't profile let's hear it <laughs> if you don't profile you're not going to find them you know unfortunately um there does seem to be a high propensity of muslim attackers so if they're coming from a Muslim country, maybe that's where you need to spend a lot of your security time. I mean, I know that sucks. I hate for the I hate it for those people that come from countries like that that are just normal citizens that don't, you know, that don't commit crimes, but you know, there are people coming from your countries that are and maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys need to look at your own country and maybe call for action there, but um 
That well, what I'd say is the better thing to look for and is kind of just coincidental, not coincidental, but like so, you know, when everybody was crying about the quote-unquote Muslim ban, yeah, it wasn't a Muslim ban. It happened to be countries that we were very militarily involved, like heavily militarily involved and had either destroyed or at least had been bombing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Muslim ban. It was it was a ban from these countries of conflict. And nobody seemed to care about the conflict that was <clears throat> installed there and for how many ever years it was it had been going on. But what, and that's but, the same thing. Like, if you want a profile, like, Saudi Arabia. Those are some hot button, those are some hot button countries. Countries that literally knows. have attacked us before. Like Saudi Arabia, yeah. oh. for example. Like Saudi Arabia. I mean, I understand what, they're, what you're saying, but I think that they're... Um, you come from a country that has a history of churning out terrorists like Syria and Saudi Arabia. That might be those might want to focus on those two instead of maybe, I don't know. Uh, what was it? What was one of them? Like the diabetic grandparents yeah. that were <laughs> yeah. trying to travel to probably see their ki- grandkids. I mean, I'm just. And then they got searched up and down and all around. The, the Muslim ban made me mad because it didn't include Saudi Arabia. That made me mad. Of course not. So because we're. That was ridiculous. Saudi Arabia. But I, my thing, my thing is, is that you know, the reason why stereotypes exist is because there is a shred of truth there, and when you are in a security situation where you're trying to, you know, weed out the ones that are the most dangerous, it's it's kind of like as a um, physician when you're looking at when you're looking at blood cells under a microscope, you're going to look for the one that sticks out and looks a little different. Um, because that's where the disease is. Um, you're going, that's what you need to do is you need to look at the ones that like meet the profile of the ones that have attacked us before. That's probably where it's going. You know, you're going to find the terrorist or maybe weed that out. Now it sucks that if you are, if you come from those countries and you happen to be like a man in his, you know, early, late twenties, early thirties or something, and you might meet that profile, that sucks for them. But I don't know what else to do. I don't know what the more the the way we're doing it now is not working. So, you know, no. But I might. The only thing it does now is make lines obscenely long. And I don't think and... that these TSA agents are really trained very well. I don't think that they really care that much about the job, from what I've seen. I mean, it all goes back to like government just isn't doing the job it needs to be doing. A private security. Um, company would be a much better option. I think that with that, they'd also have more freedom to be a little bit more discriminate, discriminatory towards what they're looking for. You know, sorry, but the world isn't all rainbows and butterflies. And sometimes um, stereotypes are true. And sometimes when it comes to trying to prevent terrorist attacks, we got a profile, but that's just me. I guess I'm just awful, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, every time I'm in a line, I'm like, I, and maybe this is the more basic part of myself that thinks so, but I'm like, we should do a little bit more profiling here. Because like I said, I see the people that get searched and over-searched. My bag gets searched all the time. I've been searched for trail mix. I've been searched for having a book. I'm like, oh, have you ever seen one of those things? And it doesn't even have to be like you're just looking at people from those countries because as we've seen... Before, we've, there have been white people that have gone to, like, we need to look at ha- their passports and where they're coming from because we've seen white people that have been um, recruited by ISIS or Al-Qaeda and um, 
they've traveled back and forth between different Middle Eastern countries and that never like raised a flag until something awful happened. Um, or when you're talking, we're talking about the Boston bombings. Um, I mean, Russia themselves tried to warn us about those brothers, about that whole entire family, about their father. And um, I don't know what happened, but that got completely just ignored. Lost in a trash can shaped file bin. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was it? Yeah. And so, like, of course, we're talking kind of about 9-11 and just um, the- sort, sort of our government's uh, plans of action for greater and more security to keep us safe and all that. And it's <laughs> like, so we, I don't know why, I hate that it's such a stigma like, oh, people, somebody's going to call me. Oh, are you a 9-11 truther? It's like, I, you know, I just want to know the truth. Yeah. However bad it is and wherever it takes you. I don't know why. Um, it's just one of those things where it's, I think, a certain uh, method or uh, agenda-driven programming where it, wanting to know the truth right. is seen as uh, you're crazy or... Mm-hmm. It's something to be, it's just, there's a stigma to wanting to know the truth. Well, there's the, the thing that I have found is that, um, I had, I've believed the narrative for the longest time until I started actually watching documentaries and, and actually at the time that it was happening, you know, all these people were on camera saying different stories and saying what they experienced. And I realized the narrative doesn't match up to the people who were actually there. And who experienced the things that they experienced and were, there's, um, I mean, now that's why we have 9-11 truthers, I think, because now we all start to realize like what the news was telling us and then what was being reported on the ground at the time and how quickly we do forget, like the whole never forget. We have already forgotten so much of what the victims that were on the ground were saying to the news. I mean, there's people talking about hearing explosions uh, firefighters themselves saying that they saw their their uh, fellow firefighters exploding while they were trying to yeah get, I was gonna say didn't to... we just hear that um Ben Swan t- Ben Swan was talking about that that a group of firefighters like actual city firefighters were coming forward with a um, request for the investigation to be reopened because mm-hmm. of exactly what you just said and it's not things that they were experiencing that their co-workers and colleagues were experiencing you sound like a crazy person when you say this but there's I mean all you have to do guys is I mean, Google, uh, DuckDuckGo. Don't Google. Don't, you know, I mean, DuckDuckGo is supposedly compromised now, too. So if you have any other options, yeah. let us know. But I mean, I even just went, I, I just searched on um, Facebook videos and I found interviews mm-hmm. of just uh, firefighters when it was happening, talking about explosions, saying they saw wow. their people, saw their own fellow firefighters being killed. And that... They were trying to evacuate people. So, I mean, when you think about it, there was quite a bit of time from when the planes hit the towers and then when they fell, there were some people that could have gotten out. You know what I'm saying? But um, they weren't able to get these people out because these explosions were happening, quote unquote. So, yeah, I mean, I just think there's something crazy about that. Why are people Why are people who are literally there saying they heard these things and why are we not listening to them? Like, why, why are we dismissing them? And then another question I have is, if you don't believe the narrative, why are you, why are people so ready to attack you and say that you are disrespecting the victims of 9-11? 
I would think that that would be the... If anything, it's, yeah, it's out of their memory and honoring their memory. Yeah, that what maybe... That we want to know why they're, why are they dead? Uh Uh-huh. I mean, we should be questioning all these things. Um, Do I think it was an inside job? I don't know. I can't say that with, you know, with any conviction at all, but I can say that whatever it is that they told us, that our government and the media tried to tell us, it's not how it happened. And I think we are owed, as especially those of us, I mean, I didn't lose anybody in 9-11 that I was close to. Um, so for those... I did die, thankfully. The, those that did, they deserve answers. for. They need to have an explanation for what happened, I think. It's just kind of like, you know, if you ever had a family member go in surgery and you thought it was just a normal surgery, a normal procedure that they were going to do routine routine procedure and something and then then you find out they died in surgery you want you want to know every step of the way what went wrong and if a surgeon the surgeon you don't just trust what your surgeon tells you you have a second opinion come and look at the paperwork and look at what what was documented about the surgery and if they and even an autopsy that's what the whole autopsy is about is another doctor looking at the body to verify what actually happened you know, well, that's the whole practice uh, or, you know, medical malpractice litigation. And so there you go. Some private versus public sector comparisons, because in the instance of a doctor doing something wrong, potentially, you know, you never know if, it, if they actually are doing something wrong or the facility itself is out of practice or out like their standards are um, out of line. But that's why you do have that outside investigation, um, that, that other set of eyes yeah to seek the truth whatever it is and so you know that doctor or that facility if they were in the wrong if they did do something incorrectly they are sued Mm -hmm. and the families of the victims are compensated yeah and you know justice is done but with the government you can't sue those people and who was it that you know the whole 9-11 commission who who created that whole that was the government are you talking about yeah. Oh, yeah. The, and I, I was wondering if you were specifically tie in, tie in uh, Robert Mueller here. Oh, well, yeah. That, but, but basically, it's like the government basically did their own investigation on this instead of an outside independent contractor doing the research. So, I, I, yeah. And the thing is, you know, what, you like, know what's it's funny? It's like a cancer cell looking at its own cancer cells going, I think we're all good here, guys. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking I've got like an Osmosis Jones sort of picture in my mind of these like disgusting or even worse cancerous government cells. You have a surgeon that patients keep dying on his table every single day. And then he's the one that's in charge of investigating his own surgeries. How dumb is that? Or even doing his own autopsies. How stupid would that be? You would never allow that. But we allow our government to do things like that all the time. So speaking of autopsies, Mm -hmm. um, Jesse and shout out to, let's see our girl, uh, I think change repeat. Um, I actually can't remember her real name, but you know, whatever that's her, that's her handle on, uh, Instagram and you should follow her. Think change repeat. And so she's the one I think, or if it was Empress and meme, I'm sorry, girl. But one of them was the ones who suggested that I listen to the boys on the tracks, uh, (sighs) the story about the boys on the tracks have you listened to those yet i haven't listened to that but i've heard the story i I heard it on another podcast yeah and so like part of that whole um 
the boys on the tracks is about these two boys that were found uh dead on train tracks they were hit by trains and the whole thing is like were they was it an accident did they commit suicide or were they actually murdered and i think more evidence points to that they were definitely murdered than not but um uh, that whole ring and that everything that kept uh, all the suiciding that kept happening in that small, you know, Arkansas town, so much of that came down to the autopsy. You know, the guy who was performing the autopsies, and he was like definitely like a bought and sold government shill. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Working for the state. Uh, the state was led at that time by, you know, one and only, what's his name, William J. Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who that is. <laughs> wonder who that is sounds familiar for some reason can't put my finger on it but anyway these people at every level of government are able to get away with whatever they want and whatever's convenient for them yeah so i don't know and so like we and a lot of people especially people on the right people on the left different degrees you know whatever you are politically they're able to look at one you know portion of government or one small bit of the institution as a whole and say that they don't trust those people you know the left might have a distrust in cops more so than the right might have a distrust in just bureaucracies the irs generally Mm -hmm. um but it's like all of a sudden the blinds or the blinders come up for the other side that they might be more in favor of and i don't know why people want to put the blinders up voluntarily for something as big and catastrophic and as world-changing. I say world-changing, like, I mean that. Change the world. Change history. Change everything about this life that we're living currently today. Uh, Like, as big a deal as 9-11 was. Yeah. I mean, I'll kind of just, like, lay out what I think completely changed in in America, and maybe in the world. But I know that what changed was that our government got more power over being able to spy on us, and to be able to uh, detect, like, control how we leave the country and come back to the country and who comes in and who goes out. They knew they knew a lot more than maybe we thought they did. And uh, and we're able to gain... And again, there's no profiling there. It's really... Um, it's all, and everybody. You're, you're being watched. Everybody's doesn't being matter watched. who you are. Anybody listening to this right now, you are being watched. And your privacy is being violated Mm -hmm. they know everything that they want to know about you and then more some and then more they might know you more than you know you yep we spent we we started spending trillions of dollars on our military budget our military budget skyrocketed we started sending more people overseas involved in different countries than we had before and we still are over there in those countries to this day and we're probably still we have people troops in countries that we're not even aware of because i know that we found um navy seals in what was it um some niger yeah 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 so, that was a couple years ago and people were like what yeah we didn't even know we had people over there we're all over yeah we're all over everywhere and then um on top of that it just a, a feeling of hatred has emerged a, against the, the middle east i think um, the the american public became very distrustful of Arabs and people who are coming from uh, Arab countries and uh, countries that are my uh, majority Muslim and our distrust mm-hmm. of Muslims especially skyrocketed. Um, 
And uh, with that, now we have, because of that, we have this whole like backlash now where it's like, you can't, if you say anything about Muslims at all, you're an Islamophobe. And now it's almost like we have gone first full circle and we have to completely embrace it all. So there's no nuance regardless. It's, it's a weird, yeah, it, it's definitely a weird regardless, place to be. There's no nuance. You can't just look at a person from it. Yeah. So, um, and then I was just going to say that the way that people look at Americans today, when you're go- going to other countries, um, we're just seen as these hateful people. Um, and I think that we do this to other countries a lot. We, um, we'll judge people by their governments, but we are also judged by our government as well. I know, and that's the worst. Now, one of the things that I was thinking of, you know, when I was just talking about this is when um, Bradley Manning now, um, oh gosh, what's... Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea Manning. Um, when he leaked information to WikiLeaks, I mean, he leaked how our troops were acting um, when they were just, like, bombing people, um, joking around, and how funny it was. Like, I remember the, the one... Um, video in particular that he's that I'm t- thinking of is the one where they were shooting people outside of a wedding, just gunning people down, and they were just laughing about it and thinking it was hilarious. Um, I think things like that um, shape how the Middle East, how people in the Middle East, and how terrorism has just gotten worse since 9/11. I mean, we have it this could spread like wildfire when you're because imagine if. Somebody, imagine, okay, so, like, tensions are high with Iran, and people in this country, in America, if they're completely on board with whatever mainstream media is saying, it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe we could go to, to a war with Iran tomorrow, and maybe we should, and that's what is in their head, and it's like, so, okay, so imagine if you saw footage of Iranian soldiers shooting down people walking outside of a wedding, you know, What's a popular wedding venue? I don't know. Um, just some vineyard in Maryland, you know? Like, people love weddings and vineyards. So imagine if, you know, this pristine, beautiful wedding reception is taking place and all of a sudden those people are getting picked off one by one by some drone. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of that drone is a bunch of soldiers laughing at us because we're dumb Americans that are just trying to have a nice wedding. And it's like... well. Uh, that's that's how terrorism spreads it's not even just that it's um the way that they were making fun of these people it's like they weren't even human like they were just stupid little Mm. animals it's yeah and i know that's that's how they're gonna that's how they view us because of how we treated them if you think for a second just for a second how you would want to be treated if a situation happened where um we were at war and we were let's say one of us was kidnapped by the other side how do you want to be treated? Well, think about how you treated them, how we treated our soul, how our prisoners of war. That's how we're going to be treated too. We had yeah. no regard during these wars, especially during the drone strikes. We had no regard for women and children at all. Um, I'm thinking of um, what was the the American that um, was drone bombed by uh, Obama. And he was like oh, you proud know. of himself. What's his name? Um, damn, I'm gonna say his name wrong, but um, ah, uh, God, I I feel like I I hear Scott Horton saying it in my head right now, um, American citizen. I can't remember his name either, but I remember um, we've killed, we've now killed um, 
We've killed his dad. I think we've killed one of his brothers. Oh, Anwar Al Alaki. Yes. Yes. And yes. When um and then like I think it was pretty soon after Donald Trump became president, there was another attack that happened in Yemen and we killed his eight year old sister. Yep. And they said that And she was just they said that she was shot in the neck bleeding out. And she was left to die. She was still alive for a while. She was left to die because she bled out. Slowly died. That is how we will be treated by these people when, if ever, that's what's happening now, actually. What am I talking about? That's what these terrorist attacks yeah. do. They kill everyone. That's what, that's what people, yeah, that's what they're looking for. They're kind. They're looking for revenge. You know, I didn't, because you're right, like, when 9-11 happened, I was in sixth grade. I didn't know anything that was happening in the world. And, of course, it just blew my mind that such a thing would take place. And But, um... You know, even later than that, I didn't know or ever hear. It took me ages, years to hear Ron Paul's, that Ron Paul moment that everybody talks about. Because if you're sort of in, maybe in between you are my age and you're a libertarian, that was probably your your conversion moment. When you heard that Ron Paul, Rudy Giuliani, um, Republican primary debate. Mm -hmm. And Ron Paul laid out the whole idea of backlash on national television. And it's like, backlash? Backlash for what? How many people's eyes were opened with that kind of statement and that kind of, um, his, his bravery to speak the truth that we didn't want to hear. But I'm so thankful for him and people like him and people like Chelsea, you know, he was Bradley then, Bradley Manning, Julian Assange now, who is actually behind bars in prison. But, and all he did was tell everybody who was lying. Okay. And and the people, I, 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 I don't want to demonize necessarily the people that were operating the drones and, and killing the people because I think they were victims of a brainwash as well. I think that they were taught these people. I mean, when you go ask anybody who's ever gone to boot camp, I mean, you're told like your enemies aren't human. You're like, you don't see them as human. You're being indoctrinated from the day you start. So it, that's, I mean, that's basically what it is. Um, I think that they're just victims of a brainwash experiment. I mean, that's how they can. The humanity can be taken out of you. Yeah. With the right and proper and amount, the right amount of programming. and Evil is inside of all of us. We all have that capability. If we don't nurture the good side enough, that bad side will just keep growing. And, um, you know, that's just. That's same for people yeah. here. That's same for people in those countries that we've come to fear. Yeah, and we have to realize same these people, people anywhere. They may come from. I mean, I will be the first to admit. I, th- you know, there are some cultures that they just are backwards. They don't have value for humans. They don't have value for women. Women's rights. Women. Um, they don't care about the rights of of uh, gay and uh, transgendered people, and. I think that's backwards, but they're taught to think that way. And they're just like us. I mean, imagine if we were taught to think that way, we would be just like them. We all have that capability. If we don't extend grace to other people, we can never expect to have grace extended to us in a moment of need. And I think that's really something that we've forgotten. We are Americans. So we think our country is the best country in the world. And we think that we're above judgment, but we're not. Yeah, and I mean, I guess some people still have the idea 
and which should, the 9-11 in other attacks since should be examples and proof that we're not, but we're not invincible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not always going to be the American empire, which is what our government acts like it is it, an empire, which is, you know, the kind of thing that our country actually was founded, broke away from <laughs> ironic. Um, but you know, the American empire isn't always going to be the empire empires fall. And there's a lot of things about what's going on right now that kind of show how we're overextending ourselves. I think we are. And I think that we're not able to protect our government cannot protect all of us. Um, I think it's pretty clear. 9-11 was a, should have been a wake up moment. And they don't want to. They do not want to. Yeah. They want to take our guns. I think that should have been a wake up moment for a lot of us, but it wasn't. And I don't think we remember, um, that how tragic that day was and how it was allowed to happen somehow. Um, because honestly to pull off something that God awful took a lot of planning and there were a lot of planners and a lot of turned backs. A yeah, lot of, our CIA, um, our FBI you know, was warned eyes. of. They were warned, especially of the the um, guys who who flew the planes. They were warned and asked questions about them, and they were just ignored. Those people were being handled. Yeah, I mean, and funded. There's just uh, I'm not. We can't really go into the weeds of it, but I mean, there's a lot. I will. I'll just say that um, there's a really good. I think the conspiracy guys have a really good, uh, it's like a five hour long episode on 9-11, but I don't think it's, I think you have to go to their Patreon to, to listen to it, which I think is worth the money if you want to do it. Cause it's a very detailed thing. And I would, pa- I would have your, uh, laptop or your phone next to you while they're talking about some of these things. Cause they will reference videos that you see. They reference videos I, I had forgotten about. Cause I mean, I was 20 years old when this happened. So um, you know, I was living, I was partying, I was in college, I was living my life. I wasn't, I really wasn't taking all of it seriously. But when I listened to some of the videos that they were, that they reference, um, these are just like interviews that were happening from people that were, that were escaping the buildings at the time. And just, how did I miss all this stuff? You know? I mean, it's, I think it's purposeful. Um, when certain things are ignored. Yeah, and, we, and and then you know, there's a speaking of there's a actually an audio I think of Donald Rumsfeld talking about um, saying something like I didn't want to attack nine or attack the Pentagon or something like that. There's something. Fishy there's all there. kinds of stuff that happened just a couple days before to the day before <laughs> that we missed. All those trillions of dollars that are unaccounted that were unaccounted for and just you know, oh where did they go? And it, I think, if it's that, not September 10th if it's not an it inside announced? job, if you don't think it's an inside job, that's fine. It's on you. I don't care. I don't. I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not going to say that it is. I'm just saying our government is covering up something about it after the fact. I mean, maybe they're embarrassed because they allowed this to happen, but it's just sketchiness. And um, like you said, a lot of sketchiness, guys. Even if there's Think about how many people live in this country and how many people work for the government. There's, you know, the people that are calling the shots in the government are way less than the people that live in this country. And um, even when you think about like the CIA, there's so many tiers. There's probably just regular people that work for the CIA that don't have any clearance or know anything at all. I mean, I would just consider them regular citizens. Um, They're not, there is no incentive to protect all of us. That's why we... 
as libertarians or voluntarists or whatever you want to call yourself, we talk about the individual because you've got to watch out for yourself because there's not going to be this big government that's going to protect you from things. If you see, you know, it's, you have to, that's why we, we support the second amendment. That's why we want people to own guns so that you have the chance to protect yourself in case something awful happens. Um, the individual is it, that's it. You're the minority. You're the, the smallest minority, the smallest minority in the world. Nobody is going to protect you like you can. Nobody has the, uh, has nobody, nobody has the incentive or or desire. Usually the ability. Yeah. None of the above. And especially a slow moving, archaic, (laughs) leftover function of some lower degrees of human evolution monster called the government. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's my takeaway from 9-11 really um, was that that was definitely, it could be, it could have been a lot worse if it weren't for certain people fighting back. Like I think of the airplane in Pennsylvania, which some people say never actually existed, but who knows? I do feel like, who knows? Uh, but I do feel like the people that were on the ground when the towers fell pulling bodies out, pulling people out of rubble who would have died otherwise, people trying to get people out of the buildings as fast as they can. That is the American right there. That is the American people that I respect. And I and that is not our government. The That's just something I want to make, get across to. And who, if you're listening and you're not part, you're not in the United States, you're not an, uh, an American citizen, understand government does not equal American. The average American is not the government. When you think, and that's true of any government in any country, governments every single day commit crimes. That's not the average American. So there you go. Um, that That's who I really look up to are the people that put their lives at risk to save others. Um, that's, you know, those firefighters that put their lives at risk that are dying of cancer now or have just recently died. Those were the heroes. And it's so sad that we... Our government just didn't take care of them. And that the whole event could have been prevented. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100% prevented. And the Boston bombings, too. I, mean, I think about that, too. Oh, God. I mean, that could have been yeah. prevented. That was, uh, that yep. that's the most recent one I think of, like, that really could have been prevented. Um, because, I mean, we had, a, a, we had people from another country that have no reason to even tell us about it. Like Russia's, they don't even like us. The Russians, uh, does not like us. Their intelligence does could care less about us, but they were warning us that something was going to happen and we ignore them. Yeah. And that's also, I mean, some, probably some degree of arrogance, probably some degree of it slipping through the cracks. Maybe even, you know, honestly, a lot of, um, foiled terror plots actually have some kind of FBI involvement and they're trying to push somebody to commit a terrorist attack and then you know that's when they say okay well we got you for this yeah it's a lot of (laughs) yeah so there's a lot of like them do them doing whatever they want like I said that is convenient for them whether it pushes their message or whether it you know uh, does something with their quota that helps with them um, getting a bonus or, uh, you know, just more budget or more money in the next budget that comes out. These aren't good people. Yeah. I mean, well, and, I and, was... and they're there. It's like they, you know, it's like it said that um, they'll, they'll always take advantage of there's 
or they're never going to miss the opportunity to take advantage of a tragic event. Um, did you read that article about, um, like there, there's an intelligence test that police officers have to take. And if your intelligence score is too high, like you won't be qualified. They won't take you. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for that. And I think that when it comes to like CIA agents and FBI agents, like CIA agents, they'll do like, they'll do a whole battery of tests on you. They'll do a personality test and, um, they're not looking for people who, in the CIA especially, they're not looking for people who are, um, they want to follow the law, that want to be, um, you know, the right part. You know what I'm saying? People that are like, this is the law, I'm going to follow it. They don't want those type of people. And in fact, if you really think about it, like when you think about CIA assets, a lot of times the, they will um, recruit hackers to do to, That's true. to turn, they turn them and use them to hack into other countries stuff. So, um, yeah, if you really just use a, just think a little bit beyond like what you're told, just a, maybe ask some questions and then think about what the, what you're, you know, you're really believing in. You start to realize that our government is not exactly this, you know, nice guy that we keep thinking it is. And America can be great I mean, without the government us, being they've great. They've given us so much evidence. Yeah, they've given us so much evidence to the contrary, that they're not good guys. They're not looking out for us. And, um, you know, while they sure want to tell us what kind of free things that they'll give us or what kind of um, added security we'll have, and uh, no, none of the above. You've not made us safer. You've not made us safer specifically since 9-11. And you've taken away our freedom. Um, in the process. Yeah. And now we aren't free. More freedom. And now we have people More like... freedom's gone. Francis Beto York telling us that he wants to take our guns away. Hell yeah, we'll take your guns. I just... Yeah, I, Dude, don't even. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't even, Beto. That's not gonna work. That, uh-uh. In fact, that's like been... Um, when I, li- I didn't listen to the full like democratic debate, but that's pretty much what it was all about. It was like taking away guns, taking away your private Let's insurance. Take your guns. Um, um, we're going to, we're going to, only we can save you from climate change. <laughs> yeah. That was that Tax- seven, seven hour town hall. Who's got time for that? Uh, take away your money. Uh, I'll tell you government workers. Take away your guns. Take away your, um, private healthcare insurance. I mean, it's just all about taking away things from you. I don't even know how people even remotely just relate to the Democrats anymore because they're, they, they are just so far from what they used to be. I, it's just, uh, I don't get it. I don't know. Like, because what they're dangling in front of people and their voters and their, who are unfortunately their constituents is just a bunch of, dangling a bunch of shiny objects. And it's like what people don't see with the other hand, what is being taken away. Mm -hmm. But we also have to worry about Republicans. Gross theft. Yeah. Especially on days like 9-11. We have to worry about Republicans because they really start to show their true stripes when they're talking about, you know, we did the right thing. We we should have invaded Iraq. We should have invaded Afghanistan. We had to fight the terrorists. Really, neither of those countries had anything to do with 9-11. Yeah. And I'm not really sure that it's even wise to even say, like, well, we're fighting uh, Islamic terrorism because I just feel like it's... We're, fi- we're fighting being, selected targets, yeah. like whomever, basically, the Saudis don't like. The fact that they're Muslim is not really, like, the most relevant thing. I think it's the fact that they are coming from countries where we've meddled with their 
with them so much. We've chosen who their presidents are going to be. We've or we've removed their leaders. We've destabilized them. Democratically elected I think leaders that, that we've take we've kicked out. Yeah. So like if I think we did that in um like South America, then we'd be like those radical Catholics, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we have done that in like Central America. And the result of those is that we're getting swamped at the border with people trying to escape those broken countries. That's why we want to invade Venezuela. I honestly believe that's why we won't. Uh, we are too smart to do that because we know that we'll just get more Venezuelans and more uh, people from South America in general just coming. So <laughs> at least we yeah, learned our God, lesson like, there. Please. I hope so. Well, you know, the good news is John Bolton is no longer yes. in his seat of power. Uh, shouldn't have been there to begin with, uh, but it's a good thing. It's a better day that he is not there anymore. Yeah, and that make, that, that scores we'll me see, some points. We'll see who his replacement is, yeah. but... That, that makes holla. me um, a little bit holla. happier with Trump and his decision. I just hope he doesn't replace, but it looks like he will, um replace him with another warmonger but from what i've i've been reading is that um the people that he's considering are not much better and are mm. closely tied to john bolton so good god yeah. we'll see um lord help us yeah uh, i mean anything else you want to say about about the 9-11 tragedy well since you know i might be the truther that just wants i like i just i just like and love truth and want more of that and so i'm willing to play all the mind games to think about all the possible scenarios and if you are like that and you want to hear some more and especially on the 9-11 specific topic which definitely is entangled in past present future other things going on um i wanted to give a couple shout outs to um well, I guess, so the, the theme here is this guy, Ryan Dawson, he's a journalist living in Japan, and he's awesome, and he's in particular been on recent episodes of Tinfoil Hat and uh, The Conspiracy Farm, and both Tinfoil Hat and Conspiracy Farm's recent, like, 9-11 related episodes with Ryan Dawson, they're both, like, different enough, and there's, like, uh-huh. enough that didn't completely overlap that it's worth listening to both of them. I thoroughly and, enjoyed um, both of those. Yeah, I mean... So, I also, uh, Ben Swan, he's, he just launched a new podcast, Truth and Media, with Ben Swan. Ben Swan's one of the only good journalists out there. He talks about um, a, a new study that was really, that was released from the University of Alaska as well. It was a $300,000 study. I don't know how many engineers were part of it, but they did talk about the uh, collapse of the uh, Building 7. So that's an interesting. Oh, yeah. I think he has a link to that study as well, but he talks about what um, the findings were of that study. So that's something to look at. Yeah. So, you know, we set, we might sound doom and gloomy sometimes that like nobody's paying attention to these big things. There are a lot of people working just, you know, in less of a less degree of spotlight. And so the truth seekers and the fighters for truth are out there and God love them. I also want to mention so. another um, another tinfoil podcast, um, which inspired one of my posts on um, Instagram about the precognitive art. That was episode forty. That was actually, I think, the first um, the first nine eleven episode that they did as a podcast, and it was a it was a pretty interesting one. So, if you want to understand where that pre that that precognitive art idea came from, it came from that particular episode, episode forty, I believe. Yeah. 
Speaking of Instagram, we love everybody who follows us there. Keep keep sharing our stuff. I mean, only if you want to. It's completely voluntary to do so, but we happen to love you guys for doing it. Yeah. Um, like seriously, makes our day when all of a sudden we get that inst- that notification from Instagram that somebody's sharing our podcast and actually giving us praise because, I mean. I'm my own biggest critic, so who am I? I'm just like this chick sitting and burning Palo Santo and <laughs> my <laughs> my tiny little truth corner. Nobody can see it, but you know, I'm flanked by the greats. Um, and but you know, the love and support we get from people on Twitter too. We I know we get some love there. Um, just very grateful for it, guys. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to reach us and you have any ideas for things that you want us to talk about, um, you can always reach us at voluntaryvixens at gmail.com. And um, our handle on Twitter is um, Vixens Voluntary. And um, you know how to reach us on Instagram. Most of you, it's Vix, uh, Voluntary Vixens uh, podcast, I believe, on Instagram. And you'll find us. Yeah, we're easy to find. And what else? Our Patreon is vol- uh, voluntary underscore vixens. Both the V's are uppercase. Um, I think that's pretty much it on how to reach us. Um, and we, I mean, we gave a lot of shout outs to Tinfoil Hat, um, Ryan Dawson, and uh, oh my Ben Swan. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and I think brave and stunning Ben Swan. Yes, I'm so glad he's back. Uh, oh my God, I'm so glad they didn't off him. And Ryan Dawson is uh. He's an interesting character. I would def- I, I would definitely give him a listen to. Um, he's unique <laughs> in a good way. I know. He, yeah, I know he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube, but they typically like monitor that closely and take him down. And he actually went to Google headquarters uh, in Dublin, basically. Yeah, and got them to remove all the flags and warnings and bans on him um, because he was literally not violating any of their standards. But you know. They just decided, okay, this guy needs to be shut up, you know, shut up. Um, so anybody, but good for him. Not everybody has time or money or resources to go be able to do that. So, but I love that he made a move like that and went and got himself unbanned. Um, but yeah, so I know a lot, YouTube monitors his page and takes down a lot of stuff, but apparently he's got a BitChute, BitChute.com account. Look for Ryan Dawson and I think since that seems to be... And he does have a lot of stuff on Patreon um, as well. A safer alternative. Yeah. I would look him up on yeah, Patreon. Pr- He's part of um, ANC Anti-Neocon. That's uh, yep. his channel on Patreon. All right. Um, I guess we should wrap it up here. Um, you know, I just want to say, you know, especially for the families and the victims, the firefighters of, of 9-11 and all the people that lost their lives that day, you know, just... I'm so sorry. I'm sorry you lost somebody. I'm sorry you lost your own life. And I'm sorry all of it was preventable. And I'm sorry so many people haven't learned their lesson. Yeah. Or, or, or the truth or any sort of semblance of truth about the event. And everybody who died that day deserves more and better. I agree. And I think that at least today and maybe hopefully through the things that we do, we'll just keep bringing truth to people and making people want to ask more questions so that we can finally get some answers all right please and thanks all right keep it sane keep it peaceful keep it voluntary peace bye all peace out